What's up? Welcome back. So happy you're here. It's been a while. Have you ever heard someone say, you need to take every thought captive in response to negative thoughts or anything negative you might have shared, like worries or doubts or fears? As a standalone statement, it sounds appropriate, but what does it really mean? Today, we're diving into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and getting super clear on its meaning and application. Grab your Bible and let's go. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, brace yourself, because I have a lot to say. <laughs> a lot of Christians, myself included, are guilty of misusing scripture, and I got really curious about whether or not this particular verse was being used in or out of context whenever it's referenced in response to angst, doubt, fear, or generally any negative emotion. In case this is the first time you're hearing it, the second half of this particular verse is, is the part that you know is most commonly referenced in the coaching and online spaces that I'm in. In it, Paul says, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We're going to read through a good chunk of this chapter together and get a better sense of what's happening. But first, let's get on the same page about 2 Corinthians and just get some background. So it's uh, an epistle. That's the type of book that it is. It's a letter to the church in Corinth. It was written by Paul in about 56, 57 AD. I'm pulling that from the Bible Handbook by the Daily Grace Co. If you know me, you know I like them. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. This is his second letter. So he's already written to them before. Major themes of this particular letter, this second letter, is reconciliation of the Corinthians with Paul. Additionally, you'll see the theme of the importance of Christians giving or Christian giving. and the third theme is warnings against false teachers. And that starts in chapter 10 and, and runs through the end of 2 Corinthians. So I mentioned that this is his second letter. And one of the major themes is reconciliation of the Corinthians with Paul. So I'm just going to give you a little bit more background about his first letter. In it, he was writing to the church in Corinth to rebuke them about disunity. There was some division in the church, sexual misconduct, including incest, weird disorder in their gatherings or assemblies. And when I say disorder, it's like chaos when they were getting together, disbelief, 
and disregard for the resurrection, which is a huge deal. So in the second letter to the Corinthians, he's basically making amends with them. And in this chapter that we're in, chapter 10, Paul's actually defending his apostleship and authority to teach and preach the gospel. Paul, who's formerly known as Saul, used to be the guy who persecuted Christians. Then he had a radical encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. You can read about that in Acts chapter 9. And he was forever transformed, devoted his life to spreading the gospel, was in prison because of it, and ultimately, you know, it led to his demise. This is a Bible study episode, so I want you to take out your Bible now, if you don't already have it, and read along with me. I'm going to be in the Christian Standard Bible Translation, the CSB, and I'm starting at the beginning of chapter 10. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. I will include this in the show notes for you, and you can reference it later. But definitely, please get a Bible if you don't have one. Please, please, please. And if not, maybe you're on a budget. Maybe you don't like paper. I don't know. But you can go to BibleGateway.com, Bible.com. There's a lot of different websites, but Bible Gateway and Bible.com are the ones that I typically get on. Um, And then Blue Letter Bible is where I do a lot of study. So maybe I'll do an episode on how to use these things. Okay. Verse 1 in chapter 10. In the CSB, this particular chapter is titled Paul's Apostolic Authority. He says, Now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble among you in person, but bold toward you when absent. Verse 2. I beg you that when I am present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think that we are living according to the flesh. Verse 3. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Verse 4. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments verse 5, and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, verse 6, and we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. Okay, so we know that in this particular book, 2 Corinthians, in this letter, he is warning against false teachers, right? So he's talking about these people who he needs to get bold with, right? So these false teachers objected to his ability or his authority to rebuke the Corinthians, saying that he was gentle in person and that he was being rough in his writings, basically calling him a hypocrite. So they're like, oh, you know, he he's probably this guy who's like all talk because when he was there in person with them, he wasn't he wasn't talking up as big a game as he was in his letter the first time. So in verse 4, Paul references weapons of warfare, warfare that is not physical but spiritual. And that word strongholds is actually the word fortresses, translated from the Greek word okuroma. I think okuroma? I'm going to say yes. So fortresses is translated from the Greek word okuroma, and okuroma actually means, it's like translated from meaning a castle, a stronghold, a fortress, or fastness. 
another biblical use of this particular word means anything on which one relies. And it could mean, you know, of the arguments and reasonings by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against his opponent. So a stronghold is basically something that anyone relies on, anything on which one relies. A fortress, right? Think about any castle that is like, you know, fortified. So in verse five, this verse we're studying, the word thought is translated from the Greek word noema. Okay. I actually know a couple noemis, so it's very interesting. Noema. And it means perception or purpose or by implication, it means the intellect or disposition. And biblical use of this word includes it being used as a mental perception or a thought, an evil purpose, and that which thinks the mind, thoughts, purposes. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let George Joy podcast production and management services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Jor's Joy at facebook.com forward slash Jor's Joy. And guess what? The link is in the show notes. All right, back to the show. The word captive, so he says, take every thought captive. The word captive is translated from the Greek word this one is really challenging. Aik malotidzdo. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Which means to make captive, to lead away captive, to bring into captivity. In a figurative sense, which is how it's used here, it means to subjugate or to bring under control. So just if, if you are taking notes, if you want to bounce around in your Bible, I'm not going to read into these right now. But a couple of other uses of this particular word Throughout the New Testament, this word captive include Luke chapter 21, verse 24, Romans chapter 7, verse 23, this particular verse that we're studying, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. So when we put these terms in their proper context, Paul is saying that he and his colleagues are coming up against false teachers and false knowledge with truth and godly weapons, since this is a spiritual war, right? which motivates those who are vulnerable to false teachings or to fall for false teachings to shift their position and obey Christ instead of falling for these false teachings. So I'll just repeat that again. When you putting these terms in their proper context, Paul is saying that he and the guys who are on his team are coming up against these false teachers and against this false knowledge with truth and godly weapons. Since this is again, a spiritual warfare. And we see that in Ephesians chapter six. Okay. And in doing so, this motivates or his intention is to motivate those who are vulnerable to falling for false teachings, motivating them to shift their position. And instead of falling for these false teachings, obey Christ. So how do you do that? How do they do that? How do you take these thoughts captive? Well, if they're going to be combating these things with truth, you have to know where truth comes from. And it comes from the word. And if you are studying the word, then when you are tempted to believe lies, you would compare those lies 
to what the word says. And so when I talked about this in the beginning, you know, when people say, take every thought captive in response to worries and fear and anxiety and all that, what the person is really saying is, whatever you believe right now, line it up against scripture and see if it matches. Because chances are, it doesn't. If you're saying that you're afraid of X and Y and Z, but God says something different, then the only conclusion to be made is that you are believing a lie. So I ask, what false teachings are you believing? What worldly doctrine are you falling for? Especially those half-truth statements that sound biblical, but don't actually line up with scripture when you put them side by side. What are you falling for? What spiritual stuff that is presented to you as Christian doctrine are you believing to be true when actually it's not true? Maybe it's some sort of legalism, you know, masquerading around as, as righteousness, but it's when you look at it, the word, it's not, you know, it's actually being misrepresented. Maybe it's you trying to live comfortably in sin and you're validating and, and giving yourself permission to do the things that you're doing. And when you look at what the word says about your actions and, and the way that you're living, it's actually dishonoring to God. So what false teachings, what things, what worldly doctrines are you falling for? Are you believing? Maybe it sounds super Christian, but it's super not. The only way that you will know is if you are rooted in a firm foundation and actually know what your Bible says. If you do not, there are two things you can do today to start moving in the direction of being rooted in truth. The first is to begin studying your Bible. And if you do not know where to start, you can start by taking a free course that I created. It's called Firm Foundations. It's a completely free mini course. I designed it to help you build on the unshakable truth of your identity, your purpose, and your calling in Christ. And guess what? It is basically a big old Bible study. The second thing you can do is join the Facebook group where we actually have two complete Bible studies uploaded. I went live every day for four weeks in the most recent study of emotions and the heart. And for three weeks, I think it was three weeks, for it as well, the study on anxiety and just digging into scripture, just hammering away. So for firm foundations, you can go to herrenewstrength.com and click on courses. It'll take you to another website. It's called Teachable and you can enroll for free in Firm Foundations. There's a lot of scripture. There's scripture scavenger hunts. I bring up a lot of stuff that comes up in the coaching world as far as, you know, worldly doctrine and things like that. And just some, you know, identifying some pitfalls for women who are wanting to to live in a way that honors the Lord but are being tricked into thinking that some of the things that the world says is more true than what the word says. So Firm Foundations, head to herrenewstrength.com and click on courses. If you put uh, herrenewstrength.com slash courses, it won't actually lead you anywhere because the word courses on my website is hyperlinked to something else called Teachable. So go to the website first, herrenewstrength.com, and then click on courses to get access for free to Firm Foundations. If you are not wanting to do that, you just want to join the Facebook group, 
head to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community and then you click the button it'll take you to the facebook group so i hope i see you there i hope that even if you aren't joining from foundations or joining the the community on facebook that you are gathering in spaces where there are mature christians who can share their wisdom and who can really guide you in practical ways each day and do life with you in in your walk so that you're not just getting input from people who don't have a Christian worldview because I can tell you from experience that although non-Christians have great intentions and you can have beautiful relationships and friendships with them, they're not inclined to orient you back to the word, to Jesus. So that's why I say to find yourself in community. And I'm actually going to be talking a lot about community in the couple weeks in the next Yeah, I have a series coming up on community, so we'll be talking about that a lot. But for now, from Foundations or the Facebook group, if you don't have a solid Bible study habit already. So I hope that I'll see you on the inside. If I don't, I'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.